I told Jenny there isn't really a podcast. You just come over here. We just blow each other in the basement for a couple hours every Tuesday. I said, we have a great time. (laughs) We're getting really good at it. Yeah, it works really well. (laughs) 15 minutes for you, 15 minutes for me. Mm -hmm. Oh, and not 69. (laughs) (laughs) I just imagine we'd be (laughs) simultaneously administering. (laughs) In my head, we took turds. But it feels like once you've done that first time. Uh Uh-huh. It might be towards the end of the podcast recording time that anybody would want to do it again. Well, I'm Jason. And I'm Jules. And, and we, we do in filmographies. filmographies. Tonight, the story <laughs> of a wise guy. We're doing Goodfellas. Goodfellas. 1990. 1990. Is it, it is from 1990, huh? I was trying to figure, I was thinking about that without actually looking it up. And I was like, it must be like 91 or something like that, but... I think it's 1990, and I want to say that because I actually, it is, uh, watched a supplemental film in addition to this film. Casino? No. <laughs> Zing. No, you'll, you'll never guess what I watched. Birdfellas? Uh, no. Also from 1990, My Blue Heaven. Oh, sure. Oh, I should have guessed that. You should have. I know what that is. Yeah. I'm aware of it. I saw it in the theater. Did you? I did. Wow. I think my grandma liked Steve Martin. You were like seven? I like, I like comedies. I was eight. And I think I, I was convinced that it was the guy from Empty Nest, not Steve Martin. I thought that's who I was going to see. I don't movie. know. Yeah. He's the neighbor. He was that Tom Suzuki salesman. Or oh, something. okay. Tom Yamaha? Yeah, what yeah. Uh, Joe, is Suzu. Did you, did you enjoy My Blue Heaven? I saw it as a kid. Um, and I remembered it quite vividly this time around. But it was interesting watching it now having a little bit more context behind uh, the film itself, which I wasn't aware of. And especially as a sequel to Goodfellas, they, they kind of took a left turn and I went a little bit more comedic. Isn't it, is it Nora Ephron? Didn't she work on the script or did she shoot she it? Did. She did. Cause she was, she didn't shoot it. no, no, she was married to, I think the guy that was writing the book that Goodfellas was based on. Nicholas Pileggi. She heard all of these conversations with, Henry Hill. And she's like, well, I'm just going to make a movie and it's going to be this. <laughs> and that came out in 1990 also? Yeah, it came out before Goodfellas. That's crazy. And originally, I can't remember who they had approached to play the character. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Steve Martin was originally just uh, producing it, along with Goldie Hawn. And then that person dropped out and Steve Martin was like, well, I'll do it, I guess. And then they brought on Rick Moranis. He isn't that. Is he the straight man? Yeah, he's the FBI agent. Oh, man, I don't remember it at all. It starts with them, like, going to the house. And as soon as Rick Moranis leaves, the wife's like, well, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> I can't. I can't live like this, you know? And so she leaves. And it, it kind of seems like at first, Steve Martin's sort of pursuing Joan Cusack and after she arrests him and everything. There is no such thing as Thanksgiving in Italy. It is an American holiday. It's really weird. Like, he gets arrested for Grand Theft Auto. But the prosecutor is interrogating him in, like, the evidence room. It's like, you know, the police would probably handle making the case that they would then bring to you, which you would then have to present. Yeah. (laughs) And then he meets Carol Kane about halfway through. She's supposed to be, like, foxy. Is she not? I mean, she's okay. She's got on, like, a tight uh, spandex uh, pants. And, and, you know, it's just... She's weird. She's kind of cute but she's always weird and in here she's doing a voice like yeah isn't that her voice like really softened up okay i mean she just has a normal voice for the most part in her cadence of course wow that 
That's a rough one. He approaches her and he goes, It's dangerous for you to be in the frozen food section. Why is that? That's, uh, that's my curl cane. That's yeah. Good. No, that's spot on. I don't think so. He goes, Because you could melt all this stuff. <gasps> and then they go and get married. Oh, that's great. And Barney, he's like, Dude, you're already married. He goes, Oh, don't worry. I didn't marry her under my real name. Because <laughs> he's got a fake name. Yeah. Todd something. And then later on, he eventually ends up, spoiler alert, with the redhead uh, cop who's there. Who Does he have a job in the movie? No, he's, um, so the government is actually paying him a salary, I guess, and put him up in this house. But he ends up running into a couple of older guys he ran with no. who are also in witness protection. Oh, wonderful. It's weird because he, because... He runs into the old guy who's like, hey, you dirty rat. And they do their thing. Snitch. Stool pigeon. Informer. And then he goes with him to meet up with like 10 or 12 other guys from the old crew or whatever. And they all live in the same area? Yeah. And I'm like, who's left to rat on if, you, if they're all in witness protection because they're rats? The, the guys from Goodfellas. I guess. Yeah. But to make a, a long story slightly less long, Steve Martin... He's doing a wise guy thing, but it's not, I mean, it's comedic, Yeah, you know, so it's not like informed probably at all by Henry Hill in real life or Ray Liotta. What do you, what do you rank it? Well, give me a rating on this movie. My Blue Heaven? Yeah. I give it a, I give it a six. Okay. You know, it's not over the top and there's some really good character moments in there and it just flies by. Yeah. 90 minutes is real nice. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Goodfellas is a 1990 American biographical crime film directed by Martin Scorsese, written by Nicholas Pileggi and Scorsese, and produced by Erwin Winkler. This is a not a good synopsis. What? Yeah, what? what? Okay, scratch that. Delete. The story of Henry Hill and his life in the mob, covering his relationship with his wife, Karen Hill, and, and his, his mob, mob partners, partners Jimmy Jim Conway, Conway and Tommy DeVito, DeVito in the Italian-American crime syndicate. Ray Liotta was like 35, 36? Yeah, that sounds right. And he's playing like... 20 year old 21 yeah, yeah how old? he's young 20s right when we first see him when we first see him i think he's 21 and then i, I have to assume because he goes to jail for like five years he probably eventually gets pretty close to his actual age yeah joe pesci's character is in his 20s as well yeah and he's like 40 yeah dude <laughs> he looks when they show young henry hill yeah. With, like, young Joe Pesci. It's like, oh, yeah, that mm -hmm. guy's going to turn into Pesci mm -hmm. in, like, just a few years. In, like, three short years, he looks like Pesci. They look similar. He's but got the voice. But with a 20-year gap, 20 years into the future, perhaps, mm -hmm. you know. It's a little jarring. This is, um, yeah, man, it's a good movie. It's real good. All right. That's the it end, is. right? Yeah. I give it a 40. Oh, I give it oh. A, a R. So this is this is like a big deal for Scorsese, right? Mm -hmm. I remember reading a little bit that he didn't want to do more gangster movies. And I don't remember the events that led up to this. I think he somehow met the guy who wrote the book inadvertently. And the guy was like, I wrote this book basically for you to direct it. And he was like, I want to direct this movie. <laughs> yeah. It's a proper reaction, I would say. So what, there's, uh, who's that knocking at my door? 1967. Mm -hmm. We got Boxcar Bertha in 72. But Mean Streets is 73. And that's like what puts him on the map. 
Alice doesn't live here anymore, 74. Mm-hmm. Taxi Driver, 76. His bomb, New York, New York at 77. We'll skip ahead to Raging Bull in 1980. King of Comedy, After Hours in 85. I want to see a plaster of Paris bagel and cream cheese paperweight. Now cough it up. Prior to this, we got The Color of Money in 86. The Last Temptation of Christ in 88. Mm-hmm. New York Stories, and then Goodfellas. Uh, I'm not familiar with New York Stories, I don't think. That's like the vignettes. It's got Nolte in it. I think Richard Price from the Arena Brains short. Oh. He wrote with Scorsese for their segment. Oh. So he's already on the upswing. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, not on the upswing. He already has a wonderful career trajectory. He's doing big budget movies with Tom Cruise. Sequels to The Hustler, The Color of Money. Tom oh. Cruise and he directed? Paul Newman. Yeah. I mean, I know you just said it, but I, I didn't uh, register that. Until you actually explained what the movie was. And yeah. then I said, oh, I've heard of that. And then I think The Last Temptation of Christ was a controversial bomb. Yeah, and he was um, subject to, like, death threats and shit. That had Willem Dafoe in it? Yeah. He was Christ? Yeah, you know, I, 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 I've i never seen it. I remember seeing little pieces of it on IFC. Okay. Because then he would do another religious movie with uh, Andrew Garfield. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, never saw that either. No, it's supposed to be good. <laughs> and that's what they say. Yeah, it's three hours, <laughs> which seems to be what he, he does now. Mm-hmm. The Irishman is fucking three hours and 25 minutes. An hour longer than Goodfellas. When I was watching Goodfellas, I was hearkening back to the Irishman. I was thinking about it too. And the one thing that I really like about the Irishman is when they introduce a character and then they're like, gets shot August, you know, 1985 or whatever, three times in the head kind of shit. I like that. Because in Goodfellas, they do some... I mean, I mean, Henry Hill has an internal monologue that runs throughout the film. Yeah. But there is a brief moment when we first meet Karen where she has one. I think it comes again later. Does too. it come again later? When they're gone. With the gun, exactly. And I was kind of thinking like, man, I wish more people got a little moment like this where we just were in their head. Just to give you a little bit more of a, a reference point. Polly would be good, right? Yeah, yeah. Polly would be good. The first time we meet like Joe Pesci proper, maybe. A De Niro one would have been, even if it's just when we first meet them, that would have been kind of cool. Especially when when we meet some, when some we meet some of these people, the introductions are almost like iconic or or like larger than life. Mm-hmm. So the movie starts. I don't remember what year it is. It's like fifty no, something. No, I I missed that too. Nineteen fifty five. Well, because the movie starts with the, the flash forward. Right. And they're they're banging on the trunk, and I, I I'm like. Why don't they understand what it is? I know. How could you be confused? I mean, they did stomp the shit out of them. Yeah, but still. It sounds like it's coming from the trunk. There's that banging, that body There's a there. body in the trunk. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If nothing else, his, his spring-loaded diaper is going off or something. Whose? The guy in the trunk. He's got a spring-loaded diaper? Well, you're hearing a thud. I mean, it's got to be <laughs> something. Okay. So, yeah, you know, they they pull over and they do that uh, scene that everybody's familiar with, with like the taillight illuminating yeah, it's them. It's so red. It's so red. That's a really good touch. Yeah. It's like otherworldly and horrible. Mm-hmm. It's a good jumping off point. And then, and then they open up the trunk and then and they see the guy. I forget his name. Uh, the guy kind of looks like Dennis Farina, but is not. Who's yeah. the dad in Grind, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, Get your name, shine box. His name is like Griggs or something. Biggs. In this? Yeah. I don't Griggs. Billy. Bats. And you know, he's alive still. And they, Joe Pesci pulls out the biggest fucking knife. And he's still wrapped up in that tablecloth. sheet they put him in the yeah. tablecloth. Like, like, what's he doing back there? Let's talk about this. You know, How's that guy making so much noise? He seems like he's mostly dead. Yeah, what is he banging on? Is he kicking? Is he 
who knows? So Joe Pesci just starts stabbing the shit out of him. Oh, man, the stabbing noises, too. And it's so many stabs. And the knife is so big, it doesn't even, like, I mean, it's a prop, so they, you know, but it doesn't even go into the guy's body, but, like, a few inches, and there's yeah. still half a foot left of this fucking knife. And then De Niro pulls out his gun. And he shoots him like three or four times. Man, you can hear cars in the distance too mm-hmm. when he does that. Also, and it's like what, you could get to put a bunch of bullet holes in the trunk. Well, that's what I'm saying. He's he's using like a 38 snub nose. Just got enough stopping power at that distance to possibly penetrate the body and possibly hit like the gas tank or something. God, yes, get the muffler out in the woods or some this. shit. You know, like not detrimental, but come on, not a great idea. Come on. So then they go and they bury him, and, they, and we get the line. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. And then they do like this traffic effect when the title card comes up, and then I liked that. I did too. Didn't really make sense in the context of things, but yeah, it's not like they're they're shipping driving goods across state lines mm-hmm. at high speeds. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's not a lot of driving in this movie. <laughs> no, this isn't moving violations. Any driving they do do is quite leisurely. Yeah, actually, it is. Except for when they maybe peel out and then drive leisurely, mm-hmm. or or when they're afraid of helicopters. Yeah, man, uh, that's, that's I fucking love that part. Uh, okay, so. We then we were flashing back. You think mid fifties? I feel like maybe mid fifties, late fifties. Yeah, because is he like eleven or twelve? He's twenty one in nineteen seventy. No, 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 no. Isn't he? Nineteen seventy is like quite a while into his career. I think right when they get rid of that body. Yeah, he's twenty one then. We've already like met him and hung out with him. I think before then, before they do the body, is nineteen seventy when they do the body. 1970s, the trunk scene. So I feel like we're hanging out with Henry I could have sworn like it said at something. the Copacabana, it's 1970. I could have sworn, but I, I mean. You could be right. I'm often wrong. Who knows, right? More compelling chatter. We got. I wish we could <laughs> check this out. There must be a timeline. I don't know that we need to look it up. But. Well, the movie starts in 55 and Hank is 12. He goes to jail the first time in 1960 when he would be 17. Three years later in 63 is when we first meet the Ray Liotta version, which puts him at about 20, 21 perhaps. He doesn't start dating Karen until a year later later in 64 when they're at the Copacabana. When they kill Billy Bats, that is 1970, which puts him at around 25, 26. So what, we flash back to the kid? Yeah, it's 1955. We figured that out. And he's he's not working for them just yet, is he? No, I think he's talking about how like cool they are and yeah. his dad beats him. Right, he's like, these guys, they park wherever and they do whatever and then you know and my dad just beats me up and i have a brother who's in a wheelchair mm-hmm. so he eventually becomes like a chauffeur or a valet yeah he runs little errands for him he, he parks their cars um he starts running numbers and yeah his old man's just laying into him and eventually there's a letter from his school that's like he's not been here for months yeah and his dad just wallops him with the belt probably the right thing to do so then basically yeah he goes to paulie and the in the crew and 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 they go and find the mailman. Yeah, I thought they're gonna beat up his dad, but no, they really rough up that mailman. They 
fucking stick his head in the oven and let him know that he's going in there if he doesn't bring them the report cards. Yeah, and he goes, the mailman was so spooked, we didn't get any mail at all after that. (laughs) (laughs) His mother had to call and complain that they weren't getting their letters or whatever. It's the scariest shit in the world. A bunch of gangsters Mm -hmm. coming at you, you didn't even do anything, Mm -hmm. just delivered the mail, your job? Yeah, you could just ask me, and I'd say sure. Yeah. You know? Oh, man, it's probably a... A early tip-off that the gangsters are no good. Mm-hmm. They're bad guys. Yeah, but he's cool with it, you know, and he's making more money than his dad, and his dad's Irish. Yep. His mother's Italian, so he's half Irish, half Italian, which is informs his career trajectory from there. And and then eventually, um, he gets pinched, because they, they're doing, like, truck robberies. Yeah, they steal everything. They, they love it. Yeah, and they give the guy, like, 50 bucks. Like, and De Niro's De Niro at this point. Like, Pesci <laughs> is going to be a different actor. Ray Liotta is a younger actor. Mm-hmm. But Robert De Niro's just, hey, I'm Robert De Niro. I'm 20 or 18. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to figure. I, like, it, he must be in his early 20s. He must be, yeah. Just so, handing money to everybody. Yeah, so Jimmy and Henry are doing their thing. And then they go to the club one night. And, and they're like, Paulie's like, hey, I want you to meet Tommy, who's Robert De Niro. And he comes walking in. He's just putting money in everybody's per, uh, palm and shirt. And they actually said while doing that scene, De Niro demanded that he had real money because it has a different feel than the fake money. So the prop guy gives him five grand of his own money. And then after every shoot, they had to like stop and like <laughs> collect all the money to make sure nobody was walking out with it. That's a good quirk. I like that. Yeah. I'm glad De Niro did that. Yeah. It's a little overboard, but he's right. They he's also, a method actor, right? He's, he's diving in. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't let him feel the fakeness of what he's doing. Yeah. You, if your mind thinks it's money, I think it, it helps you um, feel that power. Yeah. Right? If you're just handing out fake money, it's like fake it's, money. Yeah, it's play acting. But, Nobody, and most people in real life, don't just go through $5,000 walking into a building, <laughs> you know? So you feel pretty cool, you know? And they actually said also that his uh, for every suit that he wore, he had a matching watch and pinky ring. They really went into... Scorsese didn't want Ray Liotta meeting or inter- interacting with Henry Hill at all while they were making the movie. He didn't want that to inform his performance. Because uh, Ray Liotta, he caught his attention coming off of um, Field of Dreams... And before that, um, something wild. And so he's auditioning and, and they're just like, man, I don't know, you know, I don't think this guy's got it. And one night he was going to meet uh, Scorsese for drinks, I think. And it was at some sort of an event. And the either it was Scorsese's bodyguards or like some bodyguards at the event. They were like, kind of like, they didn't know who he was there. So they were like, no, 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 you can't, you know, just come on in or whatever. And Scorsese was watching the interaction. And he said that uh, Ray Liotta was just like super chill, super cool, just handled it. And he's like, that's what Henry would do. So he hired him, basically. But Robert De Niro apparently was on the phone with him like five times a day. Henry Hill? Yeah. Just like, how did Tommy pour his ketchup? How did he hold his cigarette? Like, just granular level minutia. That sounds so obnoxious. Yeah. But but Henry Hill, the real one, said that Tommy and uh, Pesci, De Niro and Pesci, were like 90 to 95% accurate with their portrayal. The only difference was that the actual guy apparently was, like, really built. Oh, really? He's not just little Joe Pesci? <laughs> no. Was, oh, Joe Pesci's, like, what, 5'2"? Five, 5'4". Five diminutive. But, yeah, he is very diminutive. Dimin- dimin- short short in stature. Mm-hmm. And it works for him because he's a firecracker. So they're stealing trucks, and Henry Hill is uh, unloading cigarettes. 
at like the docks or some shit and some detectives come in and they're like hey what are you doing you can't fucking you can't be here no no no, no. it's fine it's it's okay don't yeah. listen it's okay yep like a crossing guard lady comes and gets a case of cigarettes everybody and, yeah and so they pinch him and they they bring him down and arraign him and he just doesn't say shit and their lawyer basically i mean how long did he go for None. Like the, the, the guy, he goes into the courtroom and, and he doesn't know what he's doing. All of a sudden a lawyer comes in. He's like, just sit down. And he basically looks at the judge and the judge just lets him go. Oh, nice. Effectively. So then he comes out. Oh, you broke it, Jerry. All the gangsters yeah. from the neighborhood are there waiting for him to come out. Yeah. Really, you guys? You want to just be in a big group in yeah. front of uh, the judicial system? It, it's it's so insane how you know brutal these guys were and out in the open but then they were just like oh family people nice yeah like, hey, like, the kids doing good yeah you know like there's a scene later on where they're punching each other outside paulie's bar or, whatever, or a restaurant and the guy keeps like punching the other guy in the dick he's like grabbing it and shit it's like <laughs> what the hell i i mean i think that with paulie paul servino at the head of the organization I don't think they're doing a ton of hits, man. I think, you know, yeah. they're stealing, they're extorting some money. Mm-hmm. It seems like things get much uglier as time goes on. Mm-hmm. As Tommy starts to become more Tommy. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously an outlier within this group. Yeah. That he's viciously angry and dangerous. Yeah. And the really stomach-turning stuff that comes much later in the movie is based off of large quantities of money mm. and fear. Mm-hmm. So I don't necessarily think it's like that. I think it, it seems more playful in the beginning. They might mm-hmm. burn out a store, but I don't think they're killing people. Right. When they're robbing guys, they're paying them. Yeah. I mean, they threaten them, and he takes his license and shit, but he gives them a 50. You know, uh, nobody... In fact, one guy, when they steal his truck, he comes back into the, to the, to the restaurant. Hey, two N-words just stole my truck. Yeah, because he obviously knew them, right? He gave him a little nod when he was He knew there. something, right. So he gets pinched, and then Robert De Niro, um, he's like... Everybody gets pinched, but you did it right. You told them nothing, and they got nothing. I thought you'd be mad. Man, I'm not mad. I'm proud of you. You took your first pinch like a man, and you learned the two greatest things in life. Never ran on your friends. And always keep your mouth shut. Somebody tell Billy Crudup in uh, Monument Avenue, you never rat on anybody. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter if it's your enemy. You just yeah. can't, can't rat. Somebody better tell Henry Hill, too. Again. It was a rat noise. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> so, effectively, then... We're, we're Ray Liotta now. We're Ray right? Liotta now. By the time I grew up, there was $30 billion a year in cargo moving through Idlewild Airport. And believe me, we tried to steal every bit of it. And, uh, boy, he's looking good. He looks great. I will say that Paul Sorvino, when he was cast for the role, he was like, I can't do this role. I'm, I'm, I, don't, I don't have the look. I don't have a mean guy look. And then he said he was just sitting down one day and he, and he I don't know if he had something on his mind or if he just was not thinking about anything at all. And he caught himself in the mirror and he goes, yeah, I can do this. <laughs> He's not a big, scary man either. He's mm-hmm. very direct and you know you shouldn't cross him. Mm-hmm. But he's not super frightening. No, when the guys are horse playing out front of the restaurant, he comes out, stands in the doorway, and everybody stops. He just shoots a couple glances, goes back in. He's like a dad. Yeah, like Don Sorvino's dad. He's going to let you, yeah. <laughs> he's going to let you know. He'll pop you in the mouth, you know, if you keep talking. But right now you're getting the look. And, and I like how that little guy, or the, the short round guy, I think that's supposed to be his brother. The guy with the cigar. Short round guy? Yeah. Who's always whispering to him. There's a guy in there. He's short and fat. Okay. Do you want me to say it? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's always got a cigar. It's never lit. Okay. And he's always leaning over and whispering to Polly because Polly doesn't like to have conversations. He doesn't want a group meeting. He doesn't want to be on the phone. He doesn't even own a phone, they say. When he's holding the umbrella and the guy has to run across the street to tell him. I love it. That guy. That guy. I don't remember what he looks like at all. He's fat. <laughs> uh, and, and so, yeah, when he's meeting with like his bosses, they come one at a time. They tell the his brother. He goes over and he whispers in the Paulie's ear. And then Paulie just says something or nods or something. I thought that was super cool. So now we're in the future. And Ray Liotta and Joe Pesci are burning down a, a bar. Remember that? They're putting like little um, rolled up, get kerosene soaked pieces of paper. Is that not later when they burn out the restaurant that Polly buys an interest in? You can't borrow another buck from the bank or buy another case of booze. You bust the joint out. You light a match. Any help reaching anything? You look like you're decorating a Christmas tree, you fucking prick. You don't know what you're doing. Is that? I don't think because that's when they're talking about going on the date. Is that later? Oh no, you're right. Absolutely. Because Joe Pesci's like I'm trying to bang this bro for a fucking month now. The only thing is she won't go out with me alone, you know. No. No, you can't do this for me. I do a lot of favors for you, Henry. I know what you're going to... How do you know what I'm going to say? That's my Joe Pesci. That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, and they're just sitting there waiting for the bar to burn so they can know that it's burning before they get the fuck out of there. You and me just congratulating each other on our bad impressions <laughs> all day long. Yeah, no, that's good, man. I that's know who the, that is. That's the only way we'll continue to do them. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah, think yeah. that the other guy likes them. <laughs> Uh, and so he's like, I need you to take out this broad's uh, friend because she won't go anywhere without her friend. I'm trying to bang her. I, yeah, I, I'm just thinking about the actual date and how his flirting is just uh, anti-Semitism. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> That's his whole thing. And she's like, yeah, it's pretty good. I am Jewish. Yeah, yeah. And so they get the fuck out of there because the building's on fire and he agrees to go on the date. And they're on the date and uh, Joe Pesci's lady is blonde, probably taller than him. I mean, even I, sitting down is seems. it Rhea Perlman if it's not Rhea Perlman she's taller than yeah her. yeah and they're having a good time but 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 Henry he has to go meet a guy already for like gang stuff so he's like I can't do it that night I got gang stuff and he's like I'll come before the gang stuff so he's at the table and he just could not give a shit yeah, he's such a prick man he's playing with his lighter he's not looking at her she's sitting there with like her arms crossed just staring at him mm-hmm. taking little digs mm-hmm. he's just rushing through I don't even know if he ate Right. And he's like, can I get the check? And Joe Pesci's like, man, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, wait a couple of minutes. We'll all leave together. Okay. This way you don't go out like a bunch of hobos staggering out one at a time. And, and then I think that's when she gets her first voiceover. I couldn't stand him. I thought he was really obnoxious. Just like, who the fuck is this so-and-so? And boy, I never had an opinion before. God, I loved her. Lorraine Bracco? Yeah. She's great. She, later on at the wedding scene, I'm just like, there's so many things going on here, and I love all of it. And she's cute, you know. She's a firecracker. That's man. That's the thing, though. Like he's not interested in her until she starts acting crazy. I remember she's screaming on the street, and I mean loud, but she looked good. Did that's you know, the kind of woman I want to be with. Somebody who like comes up to me in public and starts screaming at me and telling me I'm a piece of garbage. Mm-hmm. Did you know she was married to Harry, Harvey Keitel? I did not know that. They have a child together. Who is the child in the movie that um, doesn't want to kiss Polly when they go over to his house? She's holding her little daughter. And he goes, oh, can I get a kiss? And she's like, no, I can't get a kiss. That's her and Henry, Henry, Harvey Keitel's child. And then later on. They didn't stay together? No, they got divorced at some point. And then later on, one of the older daughters is again one of her actual kids. Really? Yeah. Broncos? Yeah. Not like 
probably later, later, but like when they were maybe like 10 or something. So he just bails and he goes to meet like muddy or putty or <laughs> yeah, somebody was stucky bad, or some shit. And I don't even remember what the fuck it's about. He does go to meet a guy though. Then Henry's just outside the ball busting place and they're all busting balls. And she comes, she forces the ball oh, busting headquarters. They're supposed to go on, on another date. Yeah. It's like a week later. And he just doesn't even show up. So Joe Pesci, she forces him to, to drive her up there. And she's fired up, man. Yeah, she is. And so she jumps out and she's just ripping him a new A, man. You got some nerve standing me up. Nobody does that to me. Who the hell do you think you are? Frankie Valley or some oh. kind of big shot? <laughs> I didn't think you were interested in me. You don't treat people this way. Yeah. You didn't say anything. You seemed bored. God, fucking gaslighting hard, yeah. dude. And she kind of falls for it. Yeah. She goes, maybe maybe I was. <laughs> <laughs> and he like gives her the, he's just like, uh, he's staring into her soul and mm-hmm. she's like, is really hot that's mm-hmm. her voiceover talking about how hot he is mm-hmm. right and so he goes well let me make it up to you and she goes it better be something good man and you know so then they go to the copa cabana which is a was a real club and this is the the famous tracking shot i like going this way better than waiting in line <laughs> right because what happened um was the venue where they were filming this they for some reason wouldn't let the crew go in through the front door so they all had to go in through the kitchen and scorsese was like this is kind of interesting oh we could really do something with this lay down some tracks i'm gonna put my mother in this movie i think <laughs> everybody's gonna everybody's gonna watch this movie and they're gonna love my mother mm-hmm. and it's true it is true we all do love your mother we do i'm sorry to hear we're passing yeah that is sad probably 20 years ago mm, yeah more than likely you know, so they pull up and there's this a line out front and she goes you're gonna you're gonna give him your car keys you're gonna leave your car because it's fine don't worry about it what i've never you know so then he pushes through the crowd they actually part for him and he goes down into the kitchen and it's like the most circuitous route just boom bam in the boom bam you know and this that's guy's legit though i totally buy it i absolutely buy it and like, there's a guy in a bucket cutting potatoes it'd be one him. thing right if you just went through the back door and you were in. That's impressive. But like taking, I don't know, taking her through the kitchen. Oh, I thought it's wonderful. Maybe. I don't know. I, I would kind of be like, are we there yet? It's a wild ride. I thought you were trying to impress me. Well, I think she'll be very impressed when they get out to the, the floor and there's no table and everybody swoops in and lays down a table. Another person brings over a fucking lamp. Yeah. Yeah. Some, and some seats. I think she even goes to him. Gave him $20 each. Right. And there's like a real corny comedian. The king of the one-liners. Henny Youngman. But that's the real comedian. And it's, yeah. But it's like a whole thing, right? That is him, right? I think so. That guy would still be alive back then, I think. Could be. But yeah, the take my wife, please guy. But it's like a whole night. The MC, the opening act, the guy singing. They do like a tracking shot close up of some of the people watching the singing. And they're just like enraptured. It's impressive how into it, like every time they have music and they show the gangsters, the gangsters are just like... I feel it. Fuck, I never, I never heard something so beautiful in my life. They're and, respectful. And I did want to bring up, what was that guy's name? You know the guy, the gangster in here? Maybe it's Frank Severo. He's got like that real dry, poofy hair. And the thick eyebrows? Yeah. The guy who gets frozen? Yeah. He's so crazy looking. What's his deal? Well, you he, got some information about this guy? Well, he sued the Simpsons 
for $250 million because of the character character, that looks just like him. Because he says that two of the guys that used to write for The Simpsons were like his neighbor or something. So he's like, clearly this is me. And I don't don't know if the lawsuit ever went anywhere. Is this guy from anything? Or is this just some dude they got? He's been in The Wedding Singer, Godfather Part 2, Cop and a Half, Foolish, Fist of Honor. I mean... Foolish? Is that De Niro and Philip Seymour Hoffman? No, it's um, Eddie, Eddie Griffin. Griffin. Oh. You called it, man. You know it. Master P's in there. Jonathan Banks, apparently. So, th- is this this guy's entry into the acting world? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of people in here who it kind of does feel like. <laughs> Fucking Kevin Corrigan. Yeah. Michael Imperioli. Debbie Mazur. Debbie Mazur. Kevin Gore- Corrigan, he had a great quote. I, I'm paraphrasing here, but he was like, when he got wind of the movie and he got his agent to get him a acting uh, audition audition <laughs> <laughs> and he got the role he says it, for him it was like being the bat boy for the yankees during the world series i am i like that he knew that i'm not a player but i'm on the field and that's exactly what it was and uh, i bet he has a real wonderful attitude about acting you know who was also in here vincent gallo what he's in uh he's one of the uh, ray Liotta's gang friends members what yeah i don't recall seeing gallo in this i don't either it's weird because it i mean it it says it has vincent gallo on here and his name is in the credits by the time i got to that point i didn't want to go back and scrub through i would have i mean i feel like i would have noticed vincent gallo i feel like i would have too and i've even looked up vincent gallo goodfellas right and this i don't think this is him but this is the closest thing i could think that would be him that looks like him in the i mean it's him but i mean the context of the it doesn't seem like anything that sticks out in my mind in the movie that didn't happen in the movie no right so i'm like nothing is popping up for him image wise so but i mean his name is in the movie so feel free to send in some screenshots of vincent gallo in goodfellas that <laughs> we do in filmographies at yeah. gmail.com oh here's a dumb article what happened to vincent gallo after goodfellas God, and i'm like vincent he played henry it says henry's 70s crew member is his character I don't so remember i'm like henry having a crew he hang out with pesci yeah right but there wasn't like ever like a crew meeting or anything he just was with all of the guys so i don't know i don't know and i don't know if it was because this is 1990 i guess i don't know how vincent how old he would have been he was born in an old looking 61 okay so he would have been 29 so it's it's possible depending on how he looked that he could have been with the young he's like 60 now yeah he's 61 wow yeah he could have been with the young Hank Hill, maybe, running around. Maybe he was with him when he was moving cars or something. But it says a 70s gang. So, I mean, he would have been Ray Liotta. I'm going to have to assume he was just in the background, had no lines. Probably not even like a close-up. I don't know. So, they're you know, they're dating now, and uh, he's doing more crimes. I think the next notable thing is when they go to meet the wig guy. Is it Maury? Maury. Don't buy wigs that come off at the wrong time. Maury's wigs don't come off. And there was actually some local company that did, it was a furniture company, I think. Okay. They made their own commercial that Martin Scorsese saw and loved. That's definitely the feel of the commercial. So he hired that guy to direct this commercial. 
Cool. To make it feel like authentic. I like it. The the jump into the water to show your, your <laughs> hairpiece stays in place. Yeah. They don't really show him going into the water. Or I, coming out of it. He's just standing in it at one point. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a sharp cut. I, I would like to say this movie is quite funny at times. Yeah. There's quite a few very comedic scenes. Mm-hmm. That shitty little edit of the commercial is one of them. Mm-hmm. When they're going to meet him, they're going to get money from him, right? Yeah, because Jimmy's, Jimmy's money, in the right? back. He's like, you owe me fucking money. I, 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 but the VIG, the VIG is 3% or some shit. And, and he's he, complaining to Leota about the money he owes Jimmy. Jimmy's... 20 feet away from him behind him listening to this bullshit. Yeah. He hears that he's not giving him the shit. So he comes back and just starts strangling him with like a it's, phone cord or some shit. It's fucking great. It is. And and then the phone rings and, and Maury answers it. Well, <laughs> Robert De Niro still got him by the cord and, and he, oh, it's for you. And he goes to the Henry, right? Because it's Karen busted up. Oh, I'm sorry. There was a scene before this where they're at her country club. Oh, and she, yeah. I'm assuming Callie's like, are they on a yacht? Are they on a cruise? Nope, just a country no, club. No, it's a country club. Hanging out. Yeah. And what are they doing there? Just having lunch, I, I think. Guess. Yeah, having lunch and wearing uh, fun summer clothes. I think she wanted, she probably spent a lot of time in his group. So now she was like, well, come to my scene. And this snob walked, oh, hey, you know. He looks like a safty. But yeah, he, he kind of pisses on Karen a little bit. Not really, he, like, what would you say? like At the luncheon? Like, yeah, he's like, he's he's kind of flirting with her, completely mm-hmm. ignoring Ray Liotta. Yeah, he's... Almost like trying to mark her up, like, nah, she's mine. Do you know him? Yeah. He lives across the street. I just, I, I've known him my whole life. He's a nice guy. Yeah. And, and Ray Liotta's like, mm-hmm. And I don't understand why she would even be in the car with him. Unless maybe he was giving her a ride or something. I think he probably asked her lunch or something. You think? And got creepy. So she somehow knows where Ray Liotta is. Calls Maury from a phone booth. Yeah, it makes no sense. <laughs> right? Like maybe she called Paulie's and they're like, oh, he's shaking down Maury or, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so Ray Liotta's like, I gotta go. And he rushes out and he flies over to pick her up. And she's like, I don't know what happened. He was getting touchy and I and he threw me out the car. <laughs> When he she tried said to, stop. Tried to touch her. She mm-hmm. said no. He wouldn't stop. And mm-hmm. then yeah, he threw her out of the car. So she's a little fucked up. Like she's, she's got marks dirty. All over. Yeah, yeah, she's got a little road she rash. She looks like she's been thrown out of the car. Yeah, it's rough. I love this part, dude. I was like super pumped on the couch. But mm-hmm. Yeah, fucking get him. So he drops her off, and like we said, he lives across the street. So he's outside with. Are those his sons? His brothers? His sons? Because they they seem significantly younger. No, dude, those are like three three guys in like their. You think those are his boys? Yeah, those are his dudes. Okay, because they seem the appropriate age then, and he doesn't. But that's the case. I don't think that guy looks old at all. Most people in this movie. These guys are like three three 24-year-olds. So she goes inside, and this scene actually, I don't remember the name of the cinematographer, but when he signed on, he was like, this scene specifically made him uncomfortable to film. He was like, I wasn't too sure about doing a gangster movie with the violence. And this scene in particular, I was not really that comfortable with. Man, this scene is just fantastic. And and this also, uh, this scene in the shot order was after Ray Liotta's mother had passed away. Oh, yeah, that's the specter. Well, they're filming this, so right? So his mother passed away, yep. And he went and took a couple days. And Scorsese's like, do what you got to do. And he comes back. And they say, like, the, the whole crew kind of rallied around him. But he used that in this scene. So he goes back to his car, and he pulls out his little pistol. And it's just incredible tracking shot. And he just crosses the fucking street, like, cock of the walk. And the guy turns around like... You want fucko? You want something? Huh? Oh, hey! 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 
He hits him so many times. In the bridge of the nose. Oh, my God. With the butt of the gun. Fucking, it has to be like 12 or 13 times. And then his friends. They're like, hey, we don't want any trouble. (laughs) And he just looks at them. They see his face. And he just walks back over to Karen's. She comes out. He gives her the gun. It's all bloody. He goes, bury this. And then he leaves. And she gets another voiceover. I know there are women like my best friends who would have gotten out of there the minute their boyfriend gave them a gun to hide. But I didn't. I gotta admit the truth. It turned me on. That guy really pulled some shit on her, man. Mm -hmm. And he stood up for her in a time where people did not stand up for women. Yeah. And he fucking pistol whipped that piece of shit. Right. I love it. Oh, it's so fucking... That's like what every guy, I think, wants to have that moment. Yeah. (laughs) Where you just don't take shit. You go fuck some guy up to protect your lady. And you're in the right. And you're in the right. And you're untouchable. Yeah, that's nice. You know what I mean? And it's fucking... It's awesome. That guy had to go to the hospital the amount of times. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. He's got some... Concussion. <laughs> Broken orbital socket. <laughs> yeah, it's rough. And now I'm I'm getting a little foggy. I think around this point, do they get married? I think that's it, man. Yeah. I think that that beating yeah. when she says it turns her on, yeah. very quickly they're married. Yeah. So they're at the marriage. Oh, the the marriage. They're at the marriage. They're at the wedding. And and I think she's doing a voiceover here too about how every other woman's name is Marie and there's so many Paulies and Peters. This is when she finally figures out what he does for a living, right? Yeah, because she asked him at the Copa that first night. What do you do? What? What do you do? I'm in construction. I don't feel like you're in construction. I'm a union delegate. Now there's no question about what's going on. (laughs) And Paulie's taking her around and she's meeting all these people and, oh, congratulations. And at one point, they're sitting in their thrones, basically. And everybody's just bringing over envelopes stuffed with money. God. And then they give it to her. She gives it to Ray Liotta, And he just puts it in a sack, you know? <laughs> God, can you just imagine filling that sack up with probably probably $60,000 yeah, when absolutely. everything's said and done? And, and then, so then they're dancing together. And, and she, she gets a little worried. She goes, oh, my God, if, where's the sack of money? I forgot to put the money away. And he goes, nobody's going to take that here. No, it's a death warrant. And she looks at him and she gets really shy and embarrassed. And she's just like, okay. And the line delivery, I fell in love with her at that point. Don't worry about that. Nobody's going to steal that here. Okay. Okay. And I was rooting for Karen. This movie, uh, it is so good. Mm Mm-hmm. There are so many little moments. There are funny moments. There are extremely scary moments. But it is all the entire movie is populated with like amazing acting, anchored by small moments, specific choices, and just all around incredible acting. Yeah. Some of it are just guys who probably are from that. Even yeah, even like all the little bit characters, like that guy we were talking about earlier, Frank whoever all those gangsters mm-hmm. probably non-actors they have a few lines they just have to look right you you buy every single character in this movie yeah like when i forget his name it was like tommy two times or something jimmy two times who got that nickname because he said everything twice i did want to talk about jimmy two times says everything two i'm times. gonna go get the paper get the paper what uh what's up with that with him saying that yeah does he have a 
Is it an OCD thing? It's probably a, a tick of some sort. Like a stutter, but... Very bizarre. It is. That stood out to me every single time I've ever seen this movie. Well, because he doesn't actually say it twice. He says part of it twice. He says, uh, yeah, he punctuates the, the, the specific thesis of the statement. But they pick the dumbest statement in the world for him to say to and, get it across. It's like, I'm going to kick his ass, kick his ass. And when he's doing it, he's straightening his tie and doing like that thing where people like, like I don't know, move their chin and jaw while they're straightening their yeah. tie and, and you do that thing with your neck when all your tendons pop out Ooh. right and so he's like i'm gonna go get the papers and get the papers it's like okay <laughs> but it's fine right he's got a disorder they didn't have a name for it back then yeah so they're married now she spends a little bit time with um some of the wives <laughs> Now, Debbie Mazar is in this scene, correct? No, she's not one of the wives. She's not one of the wives. No, she's not she's, in this scene. She's Henry's mistress's friend. Okay, I thought for some reason she was the one putting the makeup on Karen, but I, I could be mistaken. I don't think so. It's just an Italian lady. Yeah. <laughs> Ileana Douglas. They all look beat up. They had bad skin and wore too much makeup. I mean, they didn't look very good. She was like, afterwards, I just felt dizzy because they're just sitting there like gossiping about whomever's not there at the time. And you know, if you're not there next time, you're on the chopping block. She, she comments about how all of this just kind of became normal, though, because that's the only people they hung around with, this tight group. You know, it's like their world probably, hers specifically, probably consisted of like a 10-mile radius, you know? Make America great again. That's what happened. So we see her at home with her folks, and her mom's like, well, where is he? He's been gone for days or something. This scene is great. Yeah. I don't know. He's out with his friends. Well, what kind of friends? What does he do? What is going on? You don't know how I feel. Feel? How do you feel now? You don't know where he is. You don't know who he's with. He's with his friends. Dad! So finally he shows up, and Karen starts making her way to the door, and the mom just fucking beelines it, opens up the door. Where have you been? Your wife's here. And he's drunk, maybe? Yeah, definitely. He's jiggling his keys, and he just looks at him scoffs starts doing that crazy leota laugh (laughs) (laughs) turns around and leaves laughing the whole time and karen's like (laughs) and he gets in the car pesci's driving and he's like let's get the fuck out of here or whatever no doubt uh they were probably doing crimes and possibly having sex with women i mean it seems like that's they fuck whoever they want they get married they fuck whoever they want it's it's curious how family orientated they are and if your wife ever stepped out on you, you'd beat her up, you know, but men. It's it, what they do. They have needs. It's like a bull, right? When he sees red. It goes crazy. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah, you do. So he leaves. <laughs> yeah. Then what? They, they then reconcile? He, well, he's like, we're just going to get an apartment or a house. He's like, we're not going to live with you folks anymore. Yeah. And they, so she starts decorating and. Um, Why would they be living there? He's been making so much money for like 15 years. She said. You're the one who wanted us to live here, to her mom, I guess. I don't I don't know. It doesn't seem like something he would even entertain. Yeah, why would you? Especially as much money as he's presumably making. Because they're just clearing fucking score after score. And and so they get a place and she decorates it and she's showing it off and everything. And I think we just kind of see like their home life a little bit as they're falling into the routine. And, you know, he's like, I got to go on a trip or something. And she's like, What? And he, and he gives her some money, or she asks him for some money, and he gives it to her, and she starts blowing him. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, I That do. was a little trashy. He's trying to get out of there. Yeah. But this is a trashy, though. They're married. Well, she he gives her a wad of cash, and then she just 
administers head to him. I mean, I just, mean she, he gives her whatever she wants. True. It's hot. I mean, you know, whatever. Who am I to judge? Yeah. Stop <laughs> slut shading her. I, I would just see getting whatever you want to would make you kind of horny. I guess. Like, this, this, this motherfucker loves me. I guess. I'm going to suck his dick. Hey, why not? Because it was like five, ten grand. I mean, they blow so much money in this movie. It's really quite upsetting. It's unfathomable. And they never put a dollar amount on it, but I mean, it's it's got to be hundreds of thousands, if not million plus dollars. Yeah, because the amount of money he's making, I, he's not keeping that money, really. No. And I think they're just fucking around, but why? What are you even spending money on? You're, you're a gangster. I'm sure you're not paying very much at the bar. Well, and for him, we don't ever really see him in, like, luxury vehicles. He's got suits, but, I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't seem to be living it up and he's constantly bringing in money even constantly. even when he starts fucking around with drugs later yeah he's making way more than he's using yeah because all that drug money is his it's not even in um, conjunction with whatever he's making as a mob guy so they do the job there's a really big score they're working on is that where we're at now i think so i think so i mean he does another score and he makes a decent amount of money he gives paulie like 60k but I think that the oh, 1970 it, thing happens before the big score. I mean, we're like Maury, and that's later too, after the big job. There's some job that they pull off before the big job. That's a big job. I don't remember what the hell it is. But Ray Liotta starts having a mistress. In fact, one night when they're all out at the club, they're like, it's girlfriend night. It's like everybody's there with their girlfriend. That's so fucked up. And he gets her an apartment around the way from the club uh, so she could be close. And Karen eventually finds out, yeah, and she starts lighting her up on the on the buzzer. She's fucking screaming at her. She just keeps buzzing her. The lady's curled up on the couch, scared. Janice Rossi, do you hear me? He's my husband. Get your own goddamn man. So he wakes up one morning, or at some point in the day, and she's straddling him in bed with a loaded gun pointed directly at his face. Karen. And he's so calm. He is. Calm, cool, Karen, collected. what are you doing? Karen, are you crazy? You love her? You love this whore? Baby, you know I love you. Yeah, he never acknowledges that he has a whore. No. He always, uh, he never ever once <laughs> implies that he's cheating on her. Mm -hmm. It's always, you know that you're the one for me, Karen. And she even pulls the hammer back, and she has her hand on, her finger on the trigger. It's pretty scary. So eventually he calms her down and gets the gun. And then he just throws her off the bed. He starts choking her. It's terrible. Yeah. Does he I was, hit her? I, I think was, he hits her. I, uh, he points the gun in her face. He's grabbing her by the hair and yeah, shaking her head. Yeah, I was, I, even though I've seen this movie and I was pretty sure he was going to be real mean to her, kind of hoping they were going to hump. I thought they were going to fuck. I was like, this is a really sexually charged moment. Her robe's up. You can see her thigh. And I thought, yeah, this is, this is going to be some hard fucking right let's, here. Yeah, let's bring this family back together. Mm -hmm. There's a couple of mistakes happening right here, right now. Yep. Let's just uh, bring them back together. Yeah. No. He leaves. And then, oh, and her wail from the floor. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. That's some good acting. Lately. Yeah, it that's is. Real sad, mm -hmm. abused wife. Yeah, it's like you, I mean, obviously you shouldn't have maybe put a gun in his face, yeah. but at the same time, you know. I mean, he's brought you into this world. Yeah. He's yeah. made you quite a bit more unbalanced. True. So he leaves her and he goes to live with uh, his girlfriend full time. And then Jimmy and Polly come over and they're like, oh man, look, 
Karen's Karen's been blowing up our spot. We can't have this. We got you know she time. knows too much. What are you doing? It's time to go home. I mean, you got your girlfriend. Every no, we know what it is. It's not. <laughs> it's not a problem. But yep. you gotta go home. You gotta. You gotta. You gotta go home. You gotta go home. And you know he goes you home. You gotta go home. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> and he goes home. And I think, you know, they mend and everything or whatever. And then, and then I'm pretty sure at this point now they're doing the big heist. I'm pretty sure that's what's going on. They meet that guy that we all know, but don't know what, what he's from. The guy who's like the security guard at the... Oh, yeah. I want to say he's like Moose and something. Is it, is it an airport? Uh, yeah. It's Customs airport. or yeah, some yeah, shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it is. It's the airport heist. They're bringing in, yeah, they're bringing in like million. Like six million dollars. Some shit. And, and the guy's like, he's really giddy. And Jimmy's like, calm down, you know, let's hear what you got to say. And, and there's like 10 people involved this heist, right? It's like fucking yeah. Ocean's Eleven. And these are the guys that Jimmy put together for what turned out to be the biggest heist in American history. Tommy and Carbone were going to grab the outside guard and make him get us in the front door. Frenchie and Joe Buddha had to round up the workers. Johnny Rose Beef had to keep them all tied up and away from the alarms. Even Stax Edwards got in on it. Samuel fucking Jackson, right? So they, they do the heist. And Ray Liotta's like in the shower and the news comes on and they're like, it's the biggest heist in the world. And he's just like, ah, you know. It's and real exciting. Everybody's so happy. Yeah. They have a party. Yep. At the bar. Yep. And, you know, Jimmy said, you know, we got to be smart. God damn. This is like a very amazing set of events after this happens mm-hmm. at this party where it really it forms the rest of the movie. Yeah. So they, they, they have this party. They have this get together. Uh, this guy and his wife come Stax in. Stax is there. Yeah, that's Stax when I first saw him. So you've got the one of one of their cohorts who participated in the heist mm-hmm. now has like a pink Cadillac out front. Yeah, he comes in and and, and they're like, I got our, this Cadillac, and Jimmy's like, What, what the <laughs> fuck? We talked about this. Yeah. Are you serious? He's like, It's a, his his it's mom bought it. Yeah. Her mom bought it. It's under her name. It's a wedding. It's a wedding gift. We just got married, and he just can't get his head around yeah. it. It's true. Visibly, it's very true. It's a bad move. So he's real furious about this. Mm-hmm. It, it goes ugly and then another guy uh, is it fucking frank whatever eyebrows crazy hair comes in his uh his wife's got a mink on uh yeah he comes in his wife's got a mink and jimmy just can't believe it (laughs) he just cannot believe it he gives them the business too and then you just uh, take it back take it fucking back right now you see him processing it after yeah. after the blowups happen. You just get a thirty seconds staring at De Niro smoking a cigarette and kind of looking and blinking. Mm-hmm. So basically, um, after the party, they're all bombed out, and De Niro decides something has to be done, but it, it isn't come to that point yet because uh, Maury keeps pestering Henry about Jimmy not getting his giving him his money he's like when am i going to get my money you know everybody's buying cars and and all this shit and and i haven't even seen a dime you know i brought i set this score up and i'm and i'm getting left out uh, in the cold and henry's just sort of like running a a, a blocking pattern on him just kind of like you know calm down maury you know, you're going to get paid. Jimmy's good for it. Uh, don't worry. And so then they're basically uh, at a, a party eventually. And Maury just flies off the fucking handle. Just like, I want my fucking money. Or I, I know things. And Ray Liotta's just like, oh, fucking Christ. Wait, did they kill that one guy first from the beginning of the movie? That's before this? Yeah, but you're already deep into this story. Well, so they, yeah, so earlier they're at the, the club, and this guy just got out of jail. Uh, he's a made man, and Jimmy's there, Tommy's there, and, and Henry's there, and this guy is just busting Tommy's chops. And eventually, it's just 
that guy, Leota, Leota, and, and De Niro, and Jimmy Tommy comes in. Well, wait. Now this is one of the best parts of the sequence is that guy being like, "Come on, I mean, I the guy I haven't seen him in a while, and he treats me like this." And De Niro's like, "Yeah, you you, you were insulting him." He's <laughs> like, "I was insulting him a little bit." little bit it's great and he's like i don't think so and he's like yep yeah, all right you know all right de niro calls him out of that he doesn't overstep but he he's putting it down for the record yes absolutely <laughs> it's part of the record you know <laughs> and so yeah tommy comes back and he just starts beating on him and and jimmy's right there with him just Fuck. stomping the fuck out of him henry runs and locks the door and puts the clothes sign up and and i think at one point in the movie they make it clear that jimmy's a stone cold killer yeah and you never really get those vibes from him he's he's like pretty likable but then there's moments like this where you're like oh shit no, this, this is guy's this is before crazy. the card game remember the card game with michael imperiori imperiorly why don't you go fuck yourself tommy so they stomp this guy and, and effectively assume he's dead and they wrap him up in tablecloths, and then we get to the point in the movie where it started. And then from there, uh, after they put him in the car, they stop by Tommy's mom's house for dinner. And this is where we get to hang out with Martin Scorsese's mom. Yeah. And, I think he they don't go there for dinner. They go there to get some tools to bury him. Yeah. But she's, of course... Oh, a, come a on in. I stereotypical have, Italian grandmother? Is that Yeah, the I have a five-course meal oh. already on the table. And, and she's painting religious pictures? That's yeah, beautiful. No, no, it's not a religious picture. What is it? It's a picture of... This is the funniest thing, too, where she's like, do you want to see my picture? And I'm like, yeah, I want to see your picture. She pulls it up from underneath <laughs> the yeah. table. It's right Framed. There. Oh, fuck. No, it's uh, it's a guy with a white beard. I don't think it's supposed to be Jesus okay. or anything. And there's, uh, he's on a boat, and in, in front of him is two dogs. I like this one. The dog, one dog goes one way, and the other dog goes the other way. And he goes, I, I gotta grab this knife. Can I use this knife? And she's like, Oh, okay. And, uh, oh, because he's got a we hit it. We hit a deer. And it's got its uh, its its claw, mm-hmm. its hand yeah. stuck in the oh, its hoof is stuck in the grate. I gotta cut it off. But this situation, the guy they killed and mm-hmm. stabbed and buried, yeah. he's a made man. He's a made man. They fucked up. He's made. They're untouchable unless you have a meeting and and try to sort things out. And that didn't happen. No. And everybody saw him at the club. They're just like, I don't know. He left. I don't know what to tell you. You know. And Ray Liotta lying right to fucking Polly's face. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Polly always knows when he's lying, too. I'm he does, sure. yeah. yeah. God, yeah. So, oh, you're at Maury. When Maury's. do they go to jail? I don't know. Because him and Polly go to jail for something. It happens remember. It happens after the heist. After so. the heist? Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah. So, Maury, eventually Robert De Niro's like, come to this thing. And he tells Ray Liotta, we're going to kill Maury. No, Ray Liotta knows based on the conversation that they're going to kill Maury. Okay. And then, yeah, they go... They're at a dinner party or something. It's a nice evening. Everybody's yeah. having a laugh. And then it seems like they're not going to He says he's going to pay him. And then at one point, De Niro leans over and he goes, eh, forget about tonight. Don't worry about it. But he also uh, makes a scary comment earlier, right? Where he's like, do you think he talks to his wife about his business? It's like, oh shit, he's trying to decide if he has to kill his wife too. Raleota's like relieved. And I think he leaves. So it's Maury, De Niro. Pesci. Pesci. Who's the fourth guy? Uh, maybe hair guy or a different guy. It is hair guy. Remember. It is hair guy because he ends up driving. They're all going out. He's like, oh, let's go out for some coffee. And Maury's like, oh, there's this place over here that's open. And Pesci gets in the seat behind him. Yep. In the uh, car. De Niro gets in the seat next to Pesci. Maury's in the front passenger and the guy's driving. And Pesci just 
sticks him in the back of the head with an ice pick. Right in the fucking base of the skull, man. And then he jiggles it around in there, too. Which apparently just kills him immediately. And De Niro's <laughs> like, get rid of this. Get rid of the fucking car. I don't want to see this shit. And fucking hair guy is like nervous and scared. He doesn't really know what to do. And so then eventually we see the guy in the pink Cadillac and his wife. Fuck, there's kids playing all the, the bridge. Yep. Mm-hmm. Dad in their car. Horrifying. There's a, a couple of guys in a dumpster. Yeah, I wasn't sure. Uh, one of them is the moose guy. Okay. Oh, is that? Okay. At the airport. Can't remember who the other guy is. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Stacks. They is, they blast Stacks' brains out. They go to like have breakfast with them. Yeah, man, get the fuck up. What are you doing? Oh man, I had a bitch here. I don't know where she went. <laughs> and he's putting on his shoes and silent pistol to the back of the brain. And then they find weird hair in the freezer. He's been frozen. And that's that's it. I think. Basically, Ray Liotta's like, Jimmy is killing everybody. Everybody but Tommy and Ray Liotta. It's a ton of money, and he, he don't want to give it up. And these guys are fuck asses. You I know? think he's a little more worried about getting snitched on. I think, yeah, I think the thought originally crossed his mind that it would be nice to have the money, but he's fair. He, 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 he isn't just killing people. You know, we don't really see anybody kill anybody in here, except for the guy in the trunk and uh, Joe Pesci. We don't ever see henry kill anybody no but i think he had in real life i would imagine because he's always just a bystander who's helping out right he's always like, like a, a deer in the headlights when oh, violence man, I can't happens believe you're killing people what we Let, do we do violence blankets i'll dig the hole <laughs> yeah uh so god i i don't remember what the hell he goes to jail for something oh it's that it's the the florida thing when they go down to florida to get some money out of a guy mm-hmm. that's supposed to give it up to him they beat the shit out of him his sister-in-law works for the fbi like a right. stenographer she snitches on all of them right so henry hill goes to jail with Polly, and they live like kings well, on the inside does Polly get out first yeah, because Paul, Polly's just there for a year. Right. And then Henry's got another four. Exactly. Years. And yeah, they're, I mean, they're just wearing like track suits and uh, eating salami, cooking on hot plates. Uh huh. They got the good olive oil, the good baguettes. Uh huh. And, 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 and Karen is smuggling drugs in. I think some other people are too for Henry. Because after, after Polly leaves, their connection to Polly's done. Right. They're on their own. Yep. Nobody wants anything to do with them. And he's doing, he's selling the drugs while Polly's there. He doesn't think Polly knows, but. We later find out that he, he was aware of it. I think he starts selling the drugs after Polly goes goes bad. No, because he goes uh, red, white. Oh, perfect. Now we can eat. He gives him the wine. And then he goes back to the bed and, and he's putting the drugs in his jacket. Oh, I didn't catch that. And then he goes, oh, I'm going to go for a walk. Oh. And he goes for a walk. And then he meets the one of the screws, turns his back while he's selling drugs in like the, oh. I don't know, office or some shit. And he gives the screw a cut. And then Karen comes to visit and she sees the girlfriend's name on the registry. She's pissed. Taking off her big coat, slamming down the salami and all the shit she's smuggling in. What the fuck am I doing? You bringing this girl here and you want your drugs? <laughs> he's like... She's like, nobody's helping me outside. I got no help because that's what it, that's how it works. I, I to, told you this would happen. I go to jail and they cut us off, and that's why I'm doing the drug selling. And you know, I'm gonna try to you know get give me some. T- but you got this girl. I don't know why she's here, Karen. It's just you and me. And, <laughs> and he gets out, and they have a party, and she's back in the fold. But he managed to make some connections and Pittsburgh connection. Pittsburgh. So now he's moving pretty heavyweight fuck dude he is he is selling so much cocaine and paulie pulls him aside and he goes you know look uh now that you're out i'm not going back to jail i'm not gonna be one of these guys in their 70s fucking dying in jail i know you're doing that drug shit you know you did what you have to do 
to get through there, but now that you're out, you're done with it. I don't want you doing that shit. You let me know if anybody's doing it. Yeah. Slaps him. That means anybody. So he's doing drug shit. He's dating Debbie Mazar. They've got a babysitter who's also moving dope for him. They like they they cut and mix the cocaine, right? At Debbie Mazar's place. Yeah. They they break it up or I don't know, they make bundles, whatever. The babysitter helps them move them at She's his house. Flying the drugs. Is she going to Pittsburgh to pick up the dope and then coming back? What she, is she doing? She's delivering the dope somewhere. But she's going on a plane. I don't I don't know why. They're like, we gotta tape the dope to you. So yeah, at some point here, I don't know when. I'll let you mention it. Jimmy gets the news. Or Tommy Jimmy gets Tommy gets the news. I feel like this is shortly after they kill everybody from the heist. It probably is. Because they're like both bubbly and so happy. It probably is. Because we don't see Jimmy all that much after this. So it's probably why then Henry Hills doesn't have anybody watching out for him to set him straight when he's doing the drug shit. So basically, Tommy gets word that he's going to be made. Uh, in order to be made. Jimmy loves him so much. He's so happy for him. Yeah, yes. You, you you have to trace your lineage. All the way back to your ancestors in Sicily. You got to be like more than an eighth Sicilian. Uh, Jimmy, no, can, you have to be full-blooded. Jimmy can't because apparently he's Irish, which is Robert De Niro Irish? No. And Henry can't be made because he's half Irish. Jimmy's even got an Irish last name, apparently. I don't know what it is. Uh, so uh, Tommy is going to be made. And they're just... McPoyle. Hard tits, like you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah. Tommy's looking good. His ma's like, you know, call me when it's over. All right, ma, it's going to be great. And Jimmy and, and, and Henry are at a diner just waiting for the phone call. Well, he's calling. I don't think Henry's not there with him, is he? He's with Jimmy, yeah. Okay. Jimmy's so excited he can't even eat or something, and he just keeps calling to get the word, and so they bring... It's, Pesci's with like an old guy and some other guy. I think the other guy we've seen before. Maybe it's the fat guy. They go to a house, and Tommy's like, where is everybody? Oh, no. I know. That's that's the, the worst part about this. He's like, oh, no. He doesn't even finish the sentence. Shot right in the back of the head. Falls forward, just spurting blood. Jimmy calls. He's like, oh, we had a problem. We couldn't. He's He's gone. He's gone. This mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, with the thing with the guy, there's nothing we could do. Yeah, sorry, he's gone. He's gone. What? He's gone? Starts beating the phone against the, the yeah, hook. Yeah, the phone booth. Henry comes out and he starts beating on the phone booth. Uh, not Henry, uh, uh, Jimmy. They both just start beating on the phone booth. <laughs> he even knocks the phone booth over. Yeah. People are like, what is going on? You think somebody died. <laughs> do not yeah, do not say anything. Yes. You will, you will get lasered in on real fast. You'll have Italian loafers for breakfast, my friend. So he's like, fucking Tommy's dead. They whacked him. They fucking whacked him. And uh, that's that. It's so abrupt and final, much like death in real life. But mm-hmm. like, just like Joe Pesci was with us, they fucking shot him in the back of the head and that was it. You don't retire. Typically. No. Now it's the 80s. Henry's jacked up on coke and he's going to pick up some dope for a big deal. But he's also got to go meet Jimmy because he bought a bunch of guns for Jimmy. Silencers. He bought the guns. Jimmy has the silencers. Oh. He bought the guns because Jimmy's looking for guns to put the silencers in. So he goes to Jimmy. He's like, I already know Jimmy's not going to want these fucking guns. So he gets there and he's like, what the fuck? Are you stupid? You know, all that drug's getting in your brain. And Jimmy looks fucking old now. You know, he's even got those old man glasses that like make his eyes look weird. Magnified or some shit. And he got rid of these fucking guns. I'm not paying for this fucking shit. Get the fuck out of here. He's like, well, but I'm going to meet, meet my Pittsburgh guy. And they're always looking for guns. So I'm pretty sure I can make my money back. 
I feel like he warned the Pittsburgh guys, too, that he thought there was a helicopter following him. I think so. Because at this point, he keeps looking up, and he's coked out. Yeah, he's yeah. He's doing coke constantly. Yes. And, and he's a helicopter following him. He has a helicopter. It's a silver helicopter flying suspiciously low and erratically, really. And everybody treats him like he's a lunatic. Yep. So, so he goes he- to get the dope, gives him the guns, goes, picks up Karen, because they were going to go to her mom's. I don't know. So he brings the coke to Debbie Mazar, and they cut it up, and... She's, like, gacked out of her mind. Yeah, and she's like, are we gonna fuck? And, you know, he's she's like, really grabbing grabbing his dick hard. She is, and he basically does his Ray Liotta laugh out the door, like, you idiot. <laughs> he's at the house making sauce, because his brother is there, uh, Kevin Corrigan, who's in a wheelchair. Babysitter's there. Mm-hmm. Make sure you don't use the phone. Go use an outside phone to relay some information. And sure enough, she uses the phone. He's like, okay, I got the dope. The sauce is cooking. We got to start taping you up because I got to get you to the airport. I need my lucky hat. I'm sorry. You're what? I need to go back to my apartment to get my lucky hat. I never travel without it. Get your fucking hat. What are you kidding me? Do you understand what we're involved in here? Need my lucky hat. I don't know what to tell you. I don't care. I need my hat. I won't fly without it. (laughs) <laughs> right and karen's like her what <laughs> so they go get her fucking hat come back no i no they, they don't even get to leave no right? they like le- they they like pull out a foot in a the driveway yeah. yeah and all of a sudden <laughs> lights and then a gun in this big fucking meatball I'll blow your fucking brains out yeah it's great so they arrest him they're trying to get into the house karen's running around she's flushing the coke she grabs the coke and she's flushing it down the toilet I mean, it was just in the kitchen cabinet, right? Mm-hmm. Let's establish that because he throws the bag in the cabinet when he goes with the babysitter. She grabs it from the cabinet, flushes it down. Apparently, all of it. I assume. Yeah, I always thought she got caught doing this. But I did that too. Must be a scene from a different movie. Yeah, I thought they come in like freeze or quick flushing the coke or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so he's in in booking, and they're just bringing in the babysitter. We see the babysitter. We see the Pittsburgh he's connection. Like, She's going to talk. Pittsburgh connection. Fuck. Debbie Mazar. <sighs> Christ. So he calls Karen and he's like, you have got to get me out of here or I'm going to die in here. There's, that's it. So she like, her mother puts her house up. They bail him out and he goes first to Paulie. Tells me fucked up. Tells him he fucked up. And he basically gives him like three grand that he's got in his pocket. Turns his back on. He's like, now I got to turn away from you. And is this leaves. is this what does Karen go to get money from? She Jimmy must now. Yeah, it must be now because he's not in jail. Right, like I said, he he gets bailed immediately. Yeah. I think. I mean, maybe he's in there. I don't think so though. So she goes to meet. Yeah, Jimmy, and he gives her ten grand, thirty grand, some shit, some money. And he goes, oh, you know what? Um, I've got some fur coats that I can't get rid of. Well, at first he's like checking, like, uh, so was he saying anything to him? He's right? How's he doing? Around. Is he talking shit? Is he ratting on me by any chance? <laughs> so he's like, well, why don't you go check out these fur coats I got down the way? Can't get rid of them. That's such a creepy sequence. So this is like one of the most memorable sequences. Yeah. Movie. And so he's like, you know, go all the way down, all the way down to the, all the way down to the corner. And I mean, really, you'd be getting quite suspicious that uh, he's just standing there telling you to go. Yes. When he would have gone with her. way less time to walk her down there. Yeah. Yeah. Like he obviously would have went with you if things were correct. Yeah. It so seems. he just keeps saying. No, no. Right on there, right on the corner. Yeah, it's over there, right there. Literally at the end of the block. She sees two guys. There's they're moving stacking something. boxes. And I think a line of dialogue is even insinuating that it's to block the view from the street. I think. And they stop and they look at her. Oh, she sees us. Yeah. You know? And then 
I gotta go get me my mother. No, 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 no. It's just in there. And she runs to her car and peels the fuck out. It's so scary. And Jimmy's just kind of looking and he goes back in. Eventually, Ray Liotta meets him for lunch or something. And he's like, look, we've determined who's ratting on you, right? And I need you to go kill him. Go with Anthony into the woods. <laughs> yep. It'll all be over. You'll kill this guy. They won't have a case. And he writes down something on a matchbook. And he goes, that's when I knew I would never have come back from Florida alive. Jimmy's never asked me to kill anybody before. And so he flips. Fucking rats him out. Goodbye, Polly. Goodbye, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Goodbye, all the people. And there's a really good scene where, and I could be mistaken, but I believe I read that the guy that's telling them about witness protection is the actual guy is who told him about witness protection. Oh, really? And he said the only difference was that in reality, Henry Hill had two of his mistresses in the hallway he was trying to take with him. <laughs> and so they're like, you know, you're going to be cut off. Well, can we go somewhere warm? I mean, I can't promise that. But if it's not somewhere warm, you know, uh, as they say warm? Yeah, I think so. He's like, I, I get, get uh, bronchitis. <laughs> well, if that's legitimate, then we'll take that into consideration. What about if my parents get sick? Well, you know, there's maybe a possibility we could maybe get some information but effectively you will no longer exist yeah that's the whole point of witness witness protection yep and she goes well i mean do you need me and he goes quite frankly i could care less but if you being with him makes him a more amenable witness i would yes prefer that you go the only way they can get to him is through you which they certainly would yeah of course yeah, yeah mail mail him toes well, they yeah. won't have his address, or they could just forget him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so now Paulie goes to jail, where he dies, like kidney liveritis or something. Isn't Jimmy going to get in like two, get out in like two thousand four or two thousand eight? Two thousand, yeah, two thousand twenty something. I think. No, no, that's too far. It wasn't that far. No, it was like two thousand four. So they, you know, they basically Paulie ends up where he did not want to end up, and uh, Henry Hill's complaint. Right after I got here, I ordered some spaghetti with marinara sauce, and I got egg noodles and ketchup. I'm an average nobody. Get to live the rest of my life like a schnook. Yeah, no, this movie's fantastic. I really, it is. I find De Niro really scary. Mm-hmm. I find him really personable, but like really terrifying. I yeah. like it when he's part of their family for a while mm-hmm. in the beginning, like with the kids and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, he's got those tattoos on his arms that yeah. make him seem like a real criminal. Yeah. Like, don't fuck with this guy. But yeah, when he starts like killing people. just Because to- he was a hitman originally. He did crime stuff too, but he eventually transitioned seemingly into more of a a robber you know he likes it they go through the whole thing about how he just loves stealing yeah and fucking uh pesci pesci's like kind of a bitch Mm -hmm. a lot of the time Mm -hmm. but when he gets mad that face he makes Mm -hmm. it's like yeah this guy's really intimidating yeah he is very good at flying off the handle and in really being maniacal there's yeah there's it's funny because we're you know we're doing the spookies but so much of this is like more taught did it give you a, like some kind of a spooky feeling or something? I mean, honestly, you know, it was unnerving at times. Yeah. And and they handled the violence in a way that it's like really kind of gross and unsettling. Yeah. To the point, too. Yeah. When they're beating it's that not, guy. not romantic at all. No. It's just uh, ugly. Gurgling fast. and fucking just. Yeah. It's, it's rough. Because they even said they shot Tommy. I mean, they shot him in the back of the head, but they shot him through the face. So his mom can't even have an open casket. Mm-hmm. That mom that we've grown to love in the three minutes we knew her in this movie. 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this movie's really it's a it's a real powerhouse. It's Cracker Jack, man. I like it. Cracker Jack. Mm-hmm. Leota's fantastic. Nobody sucks in this movie at all. Uh, what's your rating, sir? Uh man, I'm gonna go with a nine. Fuck yeah, nine for me too. Yeah, I didn't want to give it a ten. I can't correct. Yeah. It'll be a rare moment when I when I give a movie a 10, but... Good fellas, it's a real 9. You heard it here, folks. What's your rating on Leota? F- 9. No, no, I'm going to draw back and go with an 8. I was going to say, like, I'm, I'm leaning more towards an 8. I'm going to draw back and go with an 8. He's so good, though. He is so good. And he's so good looking, and he's so charming, and... He is, this is really, this is an amazing part. You know what I think the problem is, is that he's so natural. He's not getting the credit he deserves. He's not. You give Ray Liotta an 8? I give Ray Liotta an 8. Nine Although an eight. He, he might maybe deserve a nine can we make can we make up some sort of rating where it's uh, a ping pong between eight and nine yeah we don't have to commit to either yeah it's it's one or the other i give him a ping pong yeah he's somewhere in between eight and a nine uh hey everybody head on over to instagram and check us out at we do filmographies twitter we do filmographies do filmographies yeah youtube we, we do filmographies. filmographies email us yeah we do filmographies at gmail.com we're on facebook we are on facebook um you Guess- can rate us on some apps yeah, hey, can you do like a review? I don't know. Yeah, and, and follow us on Facebook. You can just message us on Facebook. I mean, yeah. it's pretty direct. Jules does a job. I look after my kids. We mm-hmm. watch a couple movies a week. We meet up on Tuesdays to talk about them. Yep. You can you can bother us any time in between. <laughs> my name is Jason. I'm Jules. I always want to be a good fellow. We Doing Filmographies is part of the Now Playing Network, a great place to check out a wide assortment of other great podcasts like 96 Greers with hosts Reg Lynn and Patrick Ripley, Overhated with host Scott Weinberg, or if you're feeling particularly festive, Christmas Movies Actually with Carrie and Colin. All of these and more on nowplayingnetwork.net. Network.net.